sometimes it's it's quite easy to translate cat um, Mazzy here is saying it's time for food but what's the ethical thing for us to feed cats considering not just their interests but the interests of the animals that they'd really quite like to eat I'm in McDonald's talking to three veterinarians with experience, good and bad, of cats on a vegan diet, including the vet who got Nestlator from the only ever study of vegan cats, and a house call from their principal advocate, Andrew Knight. Neither cats nor any other species have any particular need for meat or any other dietary component, providing that the diet that they eat has the full range of nutrients that they require. Next show, we'll discuss the rights and wrongs, but first, I ask whether these elegant killing machines have the vegan option. At the moment, I feed Mazzy meat. I'm not alone there. Lots of other vegan podcasters do the same. Colin Patrick Goudreau, Erin Grayson, the former hey, vegan... Hey, Briggs. hello. Hey, hi. Hey, hi. Hey. Did you... Was, did you mention me? Just now? Um, Erin, should you be on Red Radio? Yeah, I, I was doing my podcast and uh, and I, I, I thought I would just jump in here. I, I felt like you were talking about me. It was just a feeling. Uh, yeah. Oh, um, yes, I, I kind of was. I mean, uh, the show, doing a show about... What vegans feed their cats, and ah. mentioned you as another vegan podcaster who who feeds their cats meat. Yes, absolutely. Two cats, and they're both uh, both carnivores for sure. Well, it would be great to have your experience as well. Would you like to stick around? It would be absolutely my pleasure. Thank you, Ian. Welcome to the vegan option, Erin Grayson. For everybody else, my name's Erin Red. I'm a, a podcaster over here in the United States of America. And uh, I'm really happy to be joining you today. It's a great topic. It's really interesting and it's a big ethical dilemma for lots of people. But let's start with a majority view. Uh, for example, uh, like most vets, the American Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals strongly recommends feeding cats meat. Now, I couldn't find a vegan vet who completely agreed with that. But vet Jean Hovey does agree and told me a cautionary tale from her own practice. Um. Well, the most egregious case uh, I saw was a, uh, a lovely young couple, and they were very, very dedicated vegans. And they had had their kitten on a, a vegan diet, a commercial vegan diet, um, but I believe it was the the Wysong. It says vegan right on it, but it is intended to be added to meat and is not a complete diet unless you do that. And this kitten was small for her age, and she was uh, she was not well developed. Her coat was stiff and uh, real dry. It was uh, she was not she did not look very good. But uh, they are taking something. I mean, they're doing a vegan cat diet wrong. It wasn't a complete diet, and I asked them please to add meat and and please switch to a, you know, if you're going to do that, get a complete diet. Well. 
you know, they did some modifications. And uh, when she came back at age six months, she had basically not grown. Um, and she just looked terrible. Uh, you know, I just I just can't understand yeah, no, I mean, it's just a ter- that's a terrible story. And I've, I've heard it happen before with actually the very same food because it's labeled in a way that it sort of makes you feel like that's the whole, you know, the whole diet unless you're super careful. So that's upsetting. Mm, and she's not, she's not the only person with horror stories to tell. Some vegan activists like Mira Soleil Ross of radio shows Animal Voices blame the failure of their cat's health on its vegan diet. So why? You may wonder, do some vets say it's possible? Well, let's start by trying to understand exactly what nutrients a cat needs and what the risks are on a vegan diet. I got hold of one of the experts. I'm Dr. Lorelai Wakefield. I'm a veterinarian in New York City, and I work to promote and improve animal welfare in any way that I can. And I also practice regular general veterinary medicine for people's cats and dogs. You've worked on, I think, the the only project that's actually monitored the health of vegetarian and vegan cats. To my knowledge, um, that's still the only study that's monitored the health. The top nutrient that we have to worry about when we're feeding them a vegan diet is protein because cats are obligate carnivores, which means the way that their body is made is it's really meant to be digesting meat. They have a shorter intestinal tract. And of course, the way their teeth are shaped is more for slicing meat and for grinding vegetables. So they have just a very high protein requirement. So that's the number one thing we work on. Um, And a lot of companies are using soy protein and vital wheat gluten, which is high in protein. Obviously, we have to worry about taurine. Um, There have been studies done in the past that showed that taurine deficiencies can cause hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, which means that the heart muscle grows so thick that it really becomes ineffective at pumping blood. But in those studies that found the taurine deficiencies, those cats were not necessarily vegan cats. That was across the board of cats eating any sort of diet. And taurine's an, an amino acid. Proteins are made of amino acids. Uh, we'll eat a mix of plant proteins to get a mix of amino acids and taurine is um, is something that we can synthesize and cats can't. Taurine is actually something that is generally destroyed in the processing of meat cat foods as well. They tend to have to add it back in as a supplement, even for the traditional cat foods. Other things we worry about are B12 cobalamin like we do for people. So that's something something that needs to be supplemented in cats who are eating a vegan diet and also uh, arachidonic acid. Now, cats and, de- and dogs are designed to have low urinary pHs. And when the pH is not that, uh, they tend to form crystals and stones out of the normal components that are in the urine. Protein is very acidic. And it and it if you if you eat protein every single day if you eat massive amounts of protein every day you will be you have to be a lot and uh, your urine pH will be very low. Anecdotally as well, I have heard that perhaps cats on a vegan diet are more at risk for developing crystals, and cats who have crystals in the urine may be more at risk for developing a urinary blockage. The the 
type of stone they get is called struvite, but normally the, the acidity would keep them from forming. So male cats have a very narrow urethra, and if, we, if they have crystals in their urine or mucus plugs, it can actually prevent them from urinating, which can be extremely serious. Yeah, actually, I, I had that very experience um, when I tried experimenting with veganism with, with both of my rescued cats. The male cat did develop crystals, um, and as soon as that happened, obviously, it, it was just a terrifying experience. He was obviously in a lot of pain, and uh, you know, I took him to the vet, and we obviously it was the diet; it was the only thing that had changed. And um, you know, my my vet at that time strongly recommended that I add back at least some meat. If it, you know, if I didn't want to feed a, an entirely carnivorous diet, he he was open to me experimenting with adding vegan foods to their diets. Um, but as an exclusively vegan um, situation, he definitely was was not recommending that. Um, so it, it was definitely not a success in this house. <laughs> and he's not unusual. Most vets don't recommend that. I've heard of uh, I've heard of stress causing struvites in cats as well. You know, emotional issues and you know uh, environmental changes and adding new humans or animals to the family circle, that kind of thing. Um, and, and so, you know, I mean, frankly, it could have been the fact that I was changing up my cat's diet and he was stressed out about it. It might not even have been, um, you know, the food itself, but whatever it was, it, he certainly wasn't happy with the situation and it was affecting him physically. So. So the challenges are to both keep the urine acidic, so struvite crystals don't form, and to give our feline friends nutritionally complete vegan food. Have manufacturers met the challenge? Dr. Andrew Knight, vet and vegan campaigner, runs VeggiePets.info to advocate and advise on plant-based diets for cats. He paid a visit to Mazzy to try and convince her to go vegan. Neither cats nor any other species have any particular need for meat or any other dietary component. Providing that, the diet that they eat has the full range of nutrients that they require. There's no scientific reason why uh, all the nutrients that cats need can't be uh, obtained from a diet comprised entirely of uh, plant, mineral and synthetic sources. And there are a range of commercially available vegan diets and also supplements for homemade diets that attempt to supply uh, all of these uh, nutrients and, and do so uh, quite successfully. The only study that's been conducted and published in a peer-reviewed veterinary journal to date examining the health of vegan cats looked at cats that have been maintained on this diet for at least a year and compared their health with those of cats maintained on normal meat-based diets and found that the uh, health of the vegan cats was generally very good. And Lorelei Wakefield told me about her work firsthand. So I did a study. I took 20 vegan cats and collected blood samples and sent them to the laboratory. And through those blood samples, I assessed their taurine blood value and their cobalamin or B12 value. So some had some marginal taurine levels, but they weren't so low that those cats would be showing any clinical signs from it. So you checked their B12 uh, and you checked their taurine. Was, what else did you check? In terms of overall health, those were the only two objective um, numbers that I got. And then I asked the owners, so I have anecdotal information about how their cats were doing. And remarkably, everyone I spoke with felt that their cats were doing great on vegan diets. 
I did look at a lot of their medical records, but since medical records varied so much from clinic to clinic, I really couldn't use that information. When I asked on Twitter if anybody has any questions for you in the interview, I had a bunch um, from Daniel Dorado in Madrid. And he was curious about what the cats in the study were actually fed. They were all being fed either Vegacat or Evolution diet. So I didn't include cats in the blood test part of the study that were being fed a home-cooked diet because those were so variable. One of the amazing things about your study is that it was funded by Purina, which is part of, I think, Nestle. I mean, the, not really the most friendly, uh, the most vegan-friendly company on the planet. How did you manage to get them to pay for it? Yeah, I love that they did that. Um, it was a research project that I did as a veterinary student at the University of Pennsylvania, and they support student research in nutrition. And they decided to fund my study. I'm not sure of the reasoning behind it, but I feel like they are a fairly objective group to be funding this sort of study. So you know that my information is going to be objective coming from them. Nobody's going to go, oh, who paid for this? Ah, the Vegan Society. Yes. <laughs> uh, I'm a little bit perplexed, but mostly impressed that... Uh, that Purina, excuse me, would um, would fund that study. And uh, it actually is a, a kind of a nice surprise to know that they'd be interested in something like that. Perhaps, however, they were looking for different results. <laughs> Let's hear a bit more of Andrew's case. And sorry, a bit of microphone handling noise. Additionally to the very small number of large-scale studies, we also have a large number of case reports which are published in uh, the books that cover this topic and on websites where there are accounts of uh, vegan cats and, and dogs. And these reports generally indicate a range of benefits. Um, vegan animals um, are typically a bit slimmer. Uh, cats and dogs are becoming overweight these days and it's, and it's an increasing problem and quite a large problem with cats and dogs, particularly cats. So vegan animals are typically slimmer. They've got uh, less associated problems such as uh, diabetes, uh, arthritis, uh, fatty tumours, cardiovascular problems, anaesthetic risks. They um, have uh, better coats uh, sometimes. There can be other benefits as well. In terms of anecdote, is it that hard to find cats who didn't do well on a vegan diet? There are probably uh, quite a large number of uh, cats and even dogs that uh, haven't done well on vegan diets because um, there is limited understanding of the fact that the diets have to be nutritionally complete. It is of course dangerous in the long term to maintain cats on uh, diets which are not nutritionally complete, whether they're vegan or otherwise for that matter. There are two key things that need to be done and I just do want to emphasise that. I think it is risky to maintain a cat on a vegan diet if the diet isn't nutritionally complete. I think it is inevitable that there will be uh, health problems that manifest eventually in that case. So if people, um, people are preparing homemade diets, they do need to make sure they get a, a proper nutritional supplement and add it in to make sure the cats are getting all the nutrients they need uh, or else they can use a commercially prepared uh, vegan diet which is already nutritionally complete for uh, either adult cats or kittens. The nutrient profiles uh, are a bit different. So that's the first point. And the second point is uh, the importance of monitoring the, the acidity of the urine 
particularly for tom cats uh, who are more prone to urinary blockages. So, if your cat food meets the standards, whether it's vegan or not, uh, the cat should be fine, uh, and therefore the, the opposition cat, to the cat will be the cat will not die. It will not. Um, it will not. It would not develop any overt nutrient deficiencies. Is that the same as being fine or healthy? Um, that's debatable. Like I said, I, I have not met any healthy vegan cats. But I haven't met a lot of them because there are very few of them. It seems to me that people who are feeding their pets a commercially made vegan pet food, those cats seem to do great because those diets, we know they're doing the best they can to meet the feline nutritional requirements. The AFCO nutrient profiles by which uh, pet food standards exist, and that's how all the companies make their food is according to those standards. Uh, those standards only list 50 nutrients. Well, there's a whole lot more than 50 nutrients running around out there, and most of them we don't even know what they are. Um, that's certainly a reasonable point of view. So we need to be really careful. Anecdotally, cats seem to do well. They definitely seem to be doing fine. And for their owners, they're doing well. They're seeing improved hair coats. Some are seeing reduction of allergies and even seeing these sort of health benefits from that diet. Yeah, I actually happen to agree with uh, with Jean Hoovey here. I, I think that, of course, it's, you know, it might be possible to have a cat on a, on a purely vegan diet and, and have that cat survive. Uh, and and live and live a decent life. The question is: Are you providing an optimal life? Are you providing the best and most natural life to that animal that you know that has joined your family? And uh, and for me, the answer is no. So, mm. I feel as if there is a a, a battle of the anecdotes here, almost. Absolutely. Uh, with um, uh, we, uh, Andrew saying, my experience is they're healthier, and. Um, what's your opinion? Yeah. Sorry, I'm just going to. <laughs> you have the microphone, Mazzy. All right, now. Stage fright. Now you're all quiet. <laughs> this feels like a battle of the anecdotes with Andrew Knight saying that vegan cats, in his experience, are healthier, and Gene Hovey saying the opposite, and. Uh, and Lorelei Wakefield's research suggesting they're fine if uh, a, a little low on taurine but nothing to worry about. It's a little frustrating when we want to, when we're looking for evidence. Andrew suggests that the solution to the plumbing problem, to the danger of struvite crystals, is to keep a really close eye on your cat's wee-wee. So the way that people can check the acidity of their cat's urine is to get some non-absorbent cat litter, which is little white plastic beads that doesn't absorb the urine. Um, they can easily be obtained very cheaply from veterinary clinics. Get the cat used to using it, and then on a regular basis, collect a little bit of urine and measure the acidity, uh, either via a litmus test strip from a veterinarian or a pet store, or by getting a pH meter. I think any time that there's changes underway or potential problems, this should be done at least weekly. Uh, but for long-term monitoring, I would suggest uh, perhaps perhaps monthly. Brilliant. So you're replacing the litter tray, which kind of absorbs the urine, stops it smelling so much, 
with plastic beads on top of it, above basically a pool, a pool of urine. Yeah, I mean, I mean just just a, li- a little dribble of urine is probably uh, more than a pool most of the time. Uh, I mean, normal cat litter absorbs the smell, uh, whereas these uh, plastic beads wouldn't, and they wouldn't be suitable for regular use. Once a month at the end, uh, I would try pra- perhaps weekly uh, in the beginning uh, to get a baseline measurement before you start making any dietary changes, and then as you're gradually transitioning your cat onto a vegan diet, do it uh, weekly or if you see any signs of any problems with the urine, check it again. Once things are stable and we're on a vegan diet long term, then switch to perhaps every month or even less often, but every month would be good practice, I think. Uh, Aside from the fact that that doesn't sound like the most glamorous of jobs, uh, I definitely would say that it's something if you're very, if you're committed to making, you know, committed to making your cats eat a vegan diet, then then that's, uh, hey, that's par for the course, I guess. It's interesting that I mean, Andrew's the most bullish about putting cats on a vegan diet, but he's the most careful about how to do it. Absolutely. I, I fully respect that. I think if you're going to do it, that's the way you have to do it. Mm. Your experience with pineapple gas getting struvites is, right. kind of backs that up. Um, it feels like it yeah, really does take a, a degree of commitment to do this properly. So this, so this leaves us all where we started with an ethical dilemma. And that's what we're going to discuss in the next show. So what do you think about this issue? Please say, particularly if you have cats yourself, at theveganoption.org or tweet at veganoption on Twitter or comment at facebook.com slash veganoption. I'll also be blogging about ideas for future shows and I'd really like to know what you think because there's not much point in me doing this without you. And you can find out more about my show and my work at erinred.com and of course I'm very easily reachable on Twitter and my handle there is at erinred, E-R-I-N-R-E-D. Thank you to the veterinarians, Lorelai Wakefield, Andrew Knight and Jean Hovey, to Rob Masters for the music and to Erin for dropping in, and most of all, to you for listening. Everyone will be back in part two, and I hope you will be too.